Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I am joined by Brandon and Audra King. Brandon and Audra, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, thanks for having us. All right, so Brandon, we've never had a chance to meet until like five minutes ago. Uh, we grew up uh, together. Didn't hang in the same circles, but I knew mm-hmm. you. Um, You're older you, than me. By one year. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Just welcome. one year. Turned 40 this year, by the yeah. way. Yours is Congrats. coming up. Still in my 30s. <laughs> not, for, not for long. And so, um, you know, I knew of you, mm-hmm. but don't know you real well and don't, obviously don't know you at all, Brandon. So I'm, I don't want to start with talking about uh, your business. And that's one of the big reasons I want to bring y'all on. I've actually had coffee at Four Kings in Jonesboro, thought it was good. Completely honest, like I a lot of times can't tell a major difference between like really great coffee and and, and good coffee. I can tell bad coffee. Um, but Daniel over here, who's getting a chance to produce today, he like was raving about it. And whenever Daniel is like going on and on about how amazing someone's coffee is, it's got to be good. So I want to talk about that, but tell me like kind of the backstory first, like how y'all met and then when you decided to get into the business. Cause I know we've got four Kings and then you've also got Southern confections as well. So just wherever you want to start, would love to hear the story. You want to get it? She does. Yeah, yeah. I can. So how we met, um, Indian mall, Indian Mall. Mm-hmm. Indian Mall. We're, we're both at, Indian Mall. Well, we both worked there. He worked um, as a manager for GNC, and Man. I worked at Houndstooth, which was a kiosk in between yeah. Candy Craze and GNC. What years were that when y'all were there? It would have been uh, 2003. No, 2003. Well, I, well, I started in 2000. Then. Yeah, but I didn't graduate till 2002. Yeah, so. so. What is it? Y'all meet oh, around three, that? Three, I'm going somewhere with this four. question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The reason this is such an important question is because I also worked in the Indian Mall. Did y'all yeah. know that? No, no. Where'd you work? At the Buckle. Okay. Oh, okay. And that's where I met my wife. Okay. Wow. See, the Indian Mall <laughs> and bringing it was, us all together. And it was in 2003 <laughs> when it happened. 2003. So we were out there. We were there. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So we didn't Thank really God get for to, the Indian Mall, know, man. Our so lives have changed forever. <laughs> that it's torn down-ish. But yeah, um, so we did. We met at the Indian Mall, and um, that, I mean, that's kind of where we started our relationship. Yeah. So. But we were friends. Like, it wasn't, hey, let's hey, go out. Let's it was, we were both dating other people. It just yeah. really got to be really good friends before we ever like, even talked about dating or any mm-hmm. of that. So... Um, we were friends for at least two years before yeah. we started dating. Yeah, Are you from here or from like North Jersey originally? Okay. Yes, so sir. you're from Northeast Arkansas. Yes, sir. Very cool, man. Yep. Are you so. still doing the, uh, the gym thing, the health thing? No. Is that <laughs> no, so you guys meet and how long was it before you decided to actually get into owning your own business? So, um, my background is I have a, I have a bachelor's in health promotion and a master's in health education and worked for San Bernard's and was going to do the corporate thing. Did it for, um, almost what, 15 15 years. years. Yeah. So I worked for San Bernard's for 15 years and, um, just on on a whim sat down with Brandon one night and kind of shared a dream that I had at the time. He was a teacher, um, Hmm for uh, miracle kids. So he taught his degrees in teaching and he was, he was teaching and we were both living in Truman at that time. Um, but I had sat down one night and had wrote out all of these thoughts that I'd had about a business that I thought would do good in Jonesboro, but thought maybe I might be crazy also. So, um, when not after the kids went to bed, I was like, listen, I feel like God's put this on my heart, but I'm not sure if I'm just nuts. So this is it. So it was a draw up of a pie shop. And that's mm. that's kind of what I was concentrating on was pies. Um, everybody that I'd ever shared my grandmother's pies with, loved them, loved the crust, raved about the crust. And so that's kind of what my whole vision was around was my grandmother's pies. Fast forward, probably a good year after I share that with Brandon, I make him one. I make him a strawberry one. And he decides to post it on Facebook. Mm. And when he posted on Facebook, I had no idea that it literally was starting the business. And that's that that Facebook post generated only about 20 or 30 hand pies to be made for people who were like, ooh, I want to try that. Ooh, can we, where can we get them? And I'm like, I don't know where you can get them. I mean, I made this one. <laughs> But um, from there, it just kind of spiraled. So that's crazy. And what, what year was that ish? 
2017? I would say that's right. So was that how Southern Confections is basically? That's how Southern Confections got started. So that's in around 2017, 2018. You Mm -hmm. start like thinking, okay, like I can quit my very stable. No, so no, 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 no. (laughs) Um, So we, you know, very humble beginnings for sure. So, uh, and honestly couldn't do anything without Brandon, without the help from Brandon. So he was actually transitioning out of working full-time as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he does art. So you can talk a little bit about your art if you want. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your art? Well, go ahead. Okay. So um, he does art. Actually, that's what he does professionally. He is an artist. So cool. he his art was picking up. He was doing that. We were making some income that way. He needed more freedom to be able to produce the art because he was doing it at night when he'd come home from work. And so he was stepping away from teaching altogether. I was just starting to do the pie. So my mother, who lives here in Paragold, had a basically a shop out back that they had converted into a living quarters when they were building their house. So it had a kitchen in it. So she's like, if you want to do this, I have this space. You're welcome to use it. So she really helped me get that off the grounds from her house. So under the the Homestead Act where you can, you know, make certain mm-hmm. things um, in home and you're not having to go underneath the health department's um, regulations, we started doing the pies. And what we would do is we would put out a flyer on Facebook every Monday and it would have our three flavors of the week and you could order those flavors and we would, we had two stops. We had one in the Lowe's parking lot here in Paragle <laughs> and in Jonesboro, we had at the Jonesboro High School. So you would put where your pickup was, what pies you wanted, how many of each. And on Wednesday night, me and my mother would get together and we'd make all the fillings. Mm. On Thursday, the man who quit his job to be an artist would drive to Paragold and in this little like 400 square foot building with no windows. He tells you he has a really great sob story to tell all of our (laughs) staff about how this started. He would go and he would roll out all of the pies because we would make the dough ahead of time. So he would make all of the pies. He would bake them and he would ice them. And then when I would get off work from St. Bernard's that, that evening, I would drive to Paragold and I would take all the order forms, and sometimes I would be there till 2 or 3 in the morning, Jeez. boxing up the orders. I would drive them back home. They would be in the vehicle that was going to be delivered. I would go to bed. I'd get up at 5, 30, 6 o'clock, and then I'd go back to work at St. Bernard's while he did the deliveries. Wow. And we did this for almost a year. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. well, how did tell me how you, how did you get to the four hundred square foot building in Paragol? So you said four hundred square foot building. Where was that at? So my mom lives off of Finch, uh-huh. uh, so it's it's right out behind her house in Finch. Okay, so that's where okay. we were. All right. And it was not. I was as, thinking you were like some sort of like right here in the middle of the town. Or no, something. no, nope. It was at my mom's house. So that would um, have been way too convenient. Yes, <laughs> Lord. Yes, going all the way out to Finch Man. from Jonesboro. Yeah, it was. Were y'all something. making any money then and driving back and forth? We honestly have no idea. No, it was, <laughs> That's just it. We have no idea. Um, probably not. No, yeah. um, I mean, but there would be no lie. There would be days that on Fridays when we would deliver, we would have six hundred hand pies that we made. No way. Yes. So no, who no were buying lie. the pies? Uh, I mean, we had such a following. It was insane. It it literally was insane. Like we couldn't wrap our brains around the fact that one post of a strawberry hand pie generated in just a few months weeks where we would have anywhere from two to four to six hundred hand pies that would be due on Friday morning to be delivered. How long would it take you to make that many pies and all, like as far as like from the, the beginning to the end? Like, let me start with a pie. How long does it take you to make a pie from beginning to the end at that point? So I, I, I would say I, I got pretty efficient there for a while. Um, because <laughs> you kind of had to. <laughs> right, and I, I had this system. So I would say from, from – be, from so we would we would roll a whole ball out so we'd get roughly you know about eight dozen pies out of a single ball that we'd make um it'd take me 15 minutes to roll that out and then filling them i i don't you know i never really taught myself i should have done that then but i just um, can't imagine that many pies and it's not like yeah. you were like in some sort of like a manufacturing no, setup no, like conveyor belt with like, yeah, people just 
So we all by uh, hand. We had one table. It was about. It, it was actually uh, one of the bowling lanes from the when the bowling alley. Paragol bowling alley, yeah. And uh, and Otter's stepdad Tony took and built us a this huge table out of it's right, ten feet long, probably three and a half feet wide. And I just had a system where I'd sit up and roll out, and then I'd move on to the next, fill them, uh, crimp them. And, and bake them yeah, in our little them. single oven that yeah, we had. We was, had one oven that hold what? Three trays. Yeah, 36 yeah. pies. Maybe 36 pies, wow. yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, and if you came out of the way, Brandon, pull your mic up just a little bit. That Sorry. way they'll be able to hear, hear your smooth radio voice, <laughs> late-night DJ voice. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, did you, like you said from that one post, do you credit the success of that? Obviously, you made a good product because if you didn't, like, no one's buying it again. Right? Uh, yeah, it's like absolutely. You're, you're like, you have a big rush. Like, the picture looked great, and yeah. like, but the product's terrible. So, yeah. um, so that had to hold up. But what do you think built the momentum in the beginning? Like, you literally look back at that and be like, I have no earthly idea. Was it like, we had a pretty good social media presence? Like, honestly, I mean, I, the, the product in itself is great. But I, I feel like our friends and family truly got us the momentum that we needed. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, even on those Wednesday nights when we would be there, me and my mom cooking the um, fillings. I mean, we make all of our fillings from complete scratch. It's not a can that we're opening of apple pie filling. We peel every apple. We slice every apple down. We cook the, the mixture all the way down no until idea. it's a filling, and then we use it. But, I mean, my brother Andrew, I don't know if you know Andrew Stewart, but he's my yeah. he's my baby brother. Um, he would be there peeling apples. My stepsister Shelby, who is now one of our cake decorators at Southern, she would be there, you know, helping us do whatever it was that we're doing. I mean, it was literally a family affair. So they had kind of bought into it and they were wanting to share it with the people that they knew. And Andrew works for Craighead Electric. So that following started with Craighead Electric in Jonesboro. And I mean, then our friends like Jessica Rowe and um, they would start, you know, they were buying, they were um, sharing with the people that they knew. So it really was family and friends who like, hey, this is what my friend's doing, you know, and thankfully the product was good because once they introduced it and was sharing it, whatever sure. meeting it was, those people would be like, hey, I'm going to buy some of mm-hmm. those next week. And that just kind of kept rolling on itself. Yeah. So I would say crediting family and friends. Yeah, there. and our, our tagline for the longest time is the best pie is a shared pie. And That's right. And that it was, neat, really cool, it was neat to kind of watch kind of those, vein, those veins of friends and family just – just because they they cared about what we were doing, and again, like you're not going to give someone if you don't believe in what what the product is for you're sure. Not. So, just the the sharing of yeah. of what we that's were doing really was, cool. Yeah. Did you always? I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing this may not be true for you, Brandon, but like I'm guessing for you, Audrey. Like, did you grow up enjoying baking? Somewhat, yes. So, um, my grandmother Stewart, she is who I credit my sweet tooth to Mm -hmm. because every single day that's whose house I went to after school she'd have something baked up so um I knew when I got off every day every day every single day the woman baked something so um I credit her for my sweet tooth but I credit the knowledge from my grandmother Dehart. so she's super talented I mean Brandon will tell you the only reason why he married me was to get my grandmother's cheesecake on Christmas. <laughs> hey, man, so, honesty, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's kept him around 17 years, so it must be some really good cheesecake. <laughs> but, um, you know, my grandmother, she she cooks old school, but it is so delicious. Like, it's just good. So when we were kind of toying around with how the business was going to grow – I knew I already had a really good basis based on what I was brought up with. My mom's an excellent cook. My aunts are excellent cooks. But we all it's have in the blood. Yeah, yeah, we all have that from my grandma. So, yeah, that's really cool. Have y'all heard of um, uh, Chef Sean Brock? I've heard of people Mm-mm. have. Sean Brock. Have you heard of Sean Brock, Daniel? Mm-hmm. Um, he's from like the Appalachian Mountain area or whatever. But he's 
won several awards. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, when he was still alive, had him on for a uh, no reservations. Anyways, but he grew up at his grandma's elbow, and he like went to I don't even know all the, the major schools or culinary schools, but he's he's been to all of those and been trained. And he was like he would go to all these places and learn all these fancy techniques and all these things. And he was like, this isn't as good as my grandma's, right? <laughs> and so he opened up restaurants, and and now they're massive. And uh, but basically, he's like tried to apply some of what he learned to create Southern food. And it's like kind of the no thrills, no spills, but he's like, I'm trying to introduce the world, all these like people that think, oh, I'm too sophisticated yeah, too for sophisticated that kind of food. Dumplings. And he's like, yes. And they come in and they have dumplings or they have cornbread. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is some of the best I've ever had in my life. Amen, yeah. And so I just think about that when you're talking about your yeah. grandma's cooking. Yeah, like, that's exactly. She wouldn't actually even try to be probably a great cook. It's just like, boom, here it is. And yeah. it's delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. I agree. So Southern Confections eventually launched when? So we actually, so the funny story, we, me and Brandon, when we were kind of talking about doing this podcast today, um, so the way we actually got launched was we had, knowing the laws that we were supposed to be following, being a cottage home um, baking um, business, we knew we weren't supposed to make like cheesecakes and things of that nature and sell them because cheesecake has to be kept cold and therefore you can't sell it under the Cottage Home Act. Well, I made one cheesecake for someone and apparently they posted it they tagged southern confections in it and someone out there in the great world of the facebook world saw it called the health department and turned me in so (laughs) thank you to whoever did that i will never know but they literally lit the fire underneath me to make a brick and border Mm. so like from there it was like okay we're going to um we're gonna we're gonna open up our own place like that's what we're gonna do and that happened in 2019 or 18, Brandon? 2018. Yeah. 2018? No. No, it'd been 2019. 2019. Yeah. So 2019, we opened up beside the skating rink over there, you know, across from like Cracker Barrel. Mm-hmm. We opened Drive. up there on Phillips Drive. And we opened up in no bigger really than what we were at my mom's. It was about 500 square Probably feet. Smaller. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't big. But we had windows in it. We so did that's have windows. Nice, it, 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 it doesn't feel like a prison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and we started, we, we started there. And, I mean, it's all because that individual got cranky and <laughs> thought they were going to shut our whole, our whole system down with that. But, no, it just grew it to what it is today. So. That's Kudos really cool. to everybody. I love how you turned your critic into a coach. That's exactly know? right. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That made you better. <laughs> so Southern Confections gets rolling in 2019. Yeah. And y'all are making what? I'm guessing you do you don't just do pies and cheesecakes like yours. Because mm-hmm. somebody told me you even had some gluten free stuff, which yep. appeals to me because I'm yeah. Yeah. gluten yeah. intolerant. Are you gluten intolerant? Yeah. So I hate that for you. But yeah. yes, we do have a few things. And I'd love to grow that more, but you really have to have one person dedicated to that. And right now we just don't have the staff to do so. But um, so 2019, when we launched, we launched with pies being obviously our staple. We introduced cinnamon rolls for the first time. Um, we started to build on sausage rolls and bacon rolls were introduced in 2019. Then we decided maybe we needed to have a couple more cookies other than the no-bake cooies. Uh, came up with our chocolate chip recipe and our ooey-gooey cookie, which are both still on the menu today. Um, and just kind of started building a, a base of a following of people who did not know us from our original Facebook deliveries, um, but were finding out because we had a place that you mm-hmm. could actually come into. Now, you couldn't sit down. You could barely turn around in it as being a customer, but you could come in. We had a case. You could kind of get some of the things that were in the case, or you could pre-order, and then out the door you went kind of situation there. Okay. And I quit my job um, of, of, of 15 years um, at St. Bernard's in December of 2019 is when I gave my final notice. Good timing, right? Yeah. Was it not, though? <laughs> With COVID on, the, on our heels. Well, did you that we freak didn't... out whenever COVID hit? You know, we really didn't have time to freak out. Um, So Brandon, like going back to him being in the art world, um, 2020 was supposed to be the his biggest year to date in in the art world. So for him, he had to apply to be in art shows, and he had applied to multiple ones throughout the the states. And got accepted into 14. So so tell me about that for a second. What yeah. do you even mean by that? Like, yeah, you apply, so, it's like you're making money going to art shows? Yeah. So How does that work? Up, up to this point, we, um, uh, I was helping out at the bakery here and there, but on certain weekends, I would uh, uh, apply. 
submit artwork that I'd done uh, to these juried art fairs and um, just kind of travel to wherever they were and set up for some of them, maybe two days, three days, four days, whatever it may be, set up and sell art. And what I kind of art are you Yeah, making? so I, primarily uh, landscapes, mostly what I did. Uh, oil. Oil, yeah. Um, some plein air stuff. Um, but really in 2019, really got going doing that. And I believe in 2019. When you I, say you really got going doing that, you mean like people started noticing your work and yeah, being like, okay. Yeah, getting, you, getting recognized, winning awards at these shows. Oh, that's really like cool, man. The, you know, like best in show, stuff like that. That's and, excellent. Yeah. Were you drawing your whole life? and, and I, You know, comic books kind of where like sitting in church. We, yeah. The church that we grew up in was tiny. and Sure. You know, Same I, way with me. I'd bring comic books down there to uh-huh stay entertained yeah. so you know I, <clears throat> I think that was kind of my first introduction to um where i where i found that i really was intrigued by just art. like drawing x-men yeah, and stuff exactly. like that exactly x-men superman all the uh the event you know anything in a comic book that so my grandmother would take me uh on friday she always did her grocery shopping so we'd go to price chopper and she'd let me pick out one comic book a week, and I would just grab it. And oh, that man. Sunday, I'd just try to figure out how to, you know, like how to foreshorten a, you know, an arm to make it look like it's actually uh, the way yes. it's supposed to be. So that was kind of my first introduction to uh, graphic art, I guess you'd say. But you know, like growing up, fine art was never something that was. Uh, presented in a way that... It wasn't appreciated often. in Truman, Arkansas, <laughs> well, is that what you're telling you, me? You <laughs> if you can believe that. <laughs> if you can believe that. It, uh, you can never convince me. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the it, it was lacking slightly, but um, <laughs> the... Uh, what are we, you doing uh, with these drawings, boy? What, right, yeah. yeah. But as you're never going to be able to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. That was exactly right. And But, you know, like you know both my parents worked and so mm-hmm. the means to go and purchase fine art was never there nor i i don't know that they ever had a desire sure. to to purchase fine yeah. art and so so know, neither one of them just, were necessarily artistic no no not at all and so it was it was never you know if if you don't know you don't know and mm-hmm. you, so as we i guess a few years before um you know, I just told Audrey, like, you know, I'm going to try to figure this whole thing out. And kind of as I got into it, figured out that I, I could do it okay. Are you self-taught? And yeah. Yeah, just YouTube University, you know, and trying to. He can really aggravate you on a lot of things. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> because he's just so good at it? Yeah, things come really natural to Brandon. Yeah, I'm frustrated and I haven't even seen any of your art. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> My son bought me a drawing pad, uh, for my 40th birthday it was his man he's i got three kids my it was my it's wyatt my middle kid and uh he's like dad i want you to he bought me a drawing pad because i used to draw when i was a kid and um he wants you to get that started he wants me again, to get back yeah. going again and, but i'm sitting here thinking like i would not let you look at anything <laughs> that i've drawn and so because it does not come naturally to me i want to be good at it but i'm not good at it um so you're doing these little Paintings, correct. All right, yeah. oil paintings. You're winning awards, yeah, and you're making some money off of it, yeah. And, and are you still doing that? Uh, well, I not right now because we're so busy with endeavors, everything yeah. else. Um, and so, like like Otter was saying, uh, 2019, I'd had I'd went to more shows, uh, been accepted, and these were all juried shows, so it wasn't like just something you show up at and and you you set up shop, you actually apply. They typically will have a three or four judge panel that will go through all the applications judge. And if you're, if they deem your work good enough, then you get accepted into that. And so I started to get into these kind of prestigious shows throughout the country. And, um, and so like Otter was saying, going from 2019 where I'd done more shows than I'd ever done. And, and I had all these show <clears throat> shows planned for 2020 and so we're like, you know, making more money than I'd ever made. Wow. And like, okay, like it's it's time for the bakery to either she was at a point where it was either gonna quit the bakery, quit the bakery or, or quit, quit San Bernard's, yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was just it was it just was getting too, to too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, okay, I'm you know, I'm making money. We're yeah. doing good. Quit and we'll go. And of course, of course uh, you know, March rolls around. 
And it, I, it was actually the the week before my first show, uh, I'd been accepted into uh, the outdoor art show in Fairhope, Alabama, which is a, a huge art show. Uh, they have several. What did you say it's called? Uh, the outdoor art show. Okay. It's in Fairhope. Um you know, it's a three-day show. They generally have three to four hundred thousand people come through, mm. and uh, and that was scheduled for that uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think it landed like the sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth, and you know the world shut down shut on thirteenth or fourteenth or whatever it was, and progressively from there, it just every one of them just canceled or postponed indefinitely. Man. And so there we were. <laughs> it was There it, we were. She <laughs> quit her job. There was no art world to be had. Was it a stressful time? It could have been, yes. But um, Brandon says it's so pretty with the way that he just kind of talks about it was really God's plan all along. I mean, no, nobody likes to think about COVID and, and all that it, it put people through, but it – if COVID had not have happened, I don't know if Southern would be where it's at today because it literally took both of us being there and being hmm, present yeah. to be able to get it going. Um, people ate their feelings through COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, we never yeah, we never home. closed down, not yeah. a day, through all of COVID. I mean, we, we actually grew in employees um, throughout that time. So where wow. a lot of our friends that we knew that either had businesses or that were employed at places like mm-hmm. St. Bernard's, mm-hmm. you know, they were being laid off for lengths of time and not knowing where, where their plans were going. And in all honesty, if I'd still been at St. Bernard's, my job probably would have been one of those that wow. would have been cut wow. just because of the way they were having to reconstruct stuff. So, you know, we, we grew, I mean, we, we grew quickly from March to December, we had went from me and Brandon and one other gentleman that we had hired at the beginning of the year um, to me, Brandon, and him, and then we had hired three other individuals by the end of the it's year. Incredible! So we just adapted, though, and I tell people this all the time: like, if we want to fix the United States, like, we really need to put small business people in places to be able to give their their you know, opinions on things because mm-hmm. we really are great at adapting in really hard situations because COVID was tough and you had customers that were scared about everything, but we just kind of felt out the waters and readjusted how we did things to serve them. You know, if it meant coming to their car and leaving it on top of their, the hood of their vehicle, if that's what they wanted, that's what we did. And then they would just pay us via this way or that way, where there was no transactions of being made between people. I mean, it just, it was, it, it was different, yeah. but we managed to make it through it very, very thankfully. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, you've come out on the other side even better. I mean, and then you've launched this coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what I you know heard about through you guys. I mean, I, that's the first reason I want to reach out to y'all because I knew how good the coffee shop was. Right. But I I didn't even know about all the rest of the stuff, which is just well, you, crazy. You can't, you can't have gluten, so you know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's just like I want nothing to do with that place. Uh, I just yeah pity myself whenever I think about it. Um, how did the coffee shop? So you, you Southern Confections, obviously, it's getting stability. It's growing. You're like, hey, we have what it takes to be business owners. Like okay. we can so. Did y'all have a passion for coffee? <laughs> no, then no, that's uh, another crazy thing. Just with this this kind of journey that we're on, neither of us really drank coffee ever. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. And so we we were in Bentonville. Uh, we were setting mm-hmm. up a we're just talking uh, about it, weren't we? Yeah, uh, we were setting up a, an art gallery there on the square. Um, uh, me and uh, one of my buddies, and it was it's a kind of a co op. Uh, type deal there uh, right across from the Walmart Museum. Uh, so we were setting that up, and Otter goes down to Airship Coffee there in Bentonville uh, to get us some breakfast, and she brings back a – you had lavender latte, mm-hmm. and she brings it back, and she's like, hey, you should try this. It, it It's really good. And so uh, prior to this, I, I had really only equated coffee to – like what my parents drank. Yeah, like McDonald's, a cup yes. of coffee. Yeah. Folgers in yeah, your Folgers. cup. Just black coffee, black coffee. Yeah, or uh, the the 
dessert coffee, the the drive through sugar bombs, and, <laughs> which yeah. you know, in, for for me, there's a place in time for all of that, I suppose. Sure. But for for myself, it, it's not. Um, but while we were there, she's like, "Hey, you need to come check out uh, this little place called Airship. It's really cool. The front of the building opens up, and so uh, once we got done <clears throat> setting the the gallery up there." We went back down there, and, and I had a couple of sips over the lavender latte, and it's like that's excellent. It wasn't too sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. So we went down there, and that's where I had my first great black coffee. And I was like, okay, so that opened you up to different worlds. That's, that's a little different. Like it, it just, just uh, it hit different. And so um, from and, there, and he of, doesn't do anything just like yeah halfway. You know. Like if Brandon gets something in his mind it's he jumps down the rabbit hole as far down yeah. as he what can. is that about like where's that come from i, I'm not I don't sure. know either I, you know but i mean so like if, you if taste I, tell me take, take me through your uh, thought process for a moment sure. because let us into your brain you try from from the from the time you've tasted that coffee to now like the ball's rolling i'm like hey can we do something with this back home what what does that process look like in yeah, here? what's so, the steps to get well, there any, any, I'd say any time I've, I feel like I have come across something that is worth sharing. That's where, uh, that's where the, I, I go all in. Just like with with the art thing, like I, I enjoy the the creative process of it. I enjoy the the sharing, especially with the landscapes, because uh, when you're painting a place, you can you can share that experience mm-hmm. through a two dimensional panel with any viewers that that come to look at it are you wanting to move people emotionally is like are you wanting to have an experience is that what you when you say like i want to share something i've enjoyed is that what you're wanting is like man like it brings me a lot of joy to be able to find something that's really good or really beautiful and say hey look at this or taste this and then to be able to absolutely yeah that and i love the the uh relational aspect of it and the I love to be able to connect with people on something that is a mutual interest or maybe not even mutual interest it, or it, with just something that I'm able to to open their world up to. I, yeah. I wish that somebody had done that to me a long time ago totally. because yep. it, uh, you know, I, I would have been enjoying coffee a long time mm-hmm. ago um, instead of, you know, I, I've really only been drinking coffee about, about three years, years three now. Years, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I love the, that relational aspect of whether it's a piece of art or it's a great cup of coffee, being able to share that and have that common, uh, uh, common, you know, thing that you both enjoy. There's just something that yeah. opens up a whole avenue of being able to invest in that person. And does that then become the motivation for you to pursue excellence? And so it's like, like you're like, you know, some people I think might, have had that same cup of coffee or that, that latte and been like, what's the cheapest, easiest, most simple way that we can try to reproduce this? Is there a machine out there that can just like, I can push the button and then like somehow it's almost like we fake people out and they think they're getting a really quality product and then we make a lot of money, but that's not the way your brain. No, not at all. And, but you know, going back to the bakery side, there are a lot of shortcuts that we could have taken. Just like Otter was saying, with the yeah. with uh, we could cut you know open cans up and dump instead of peeling know, peach, apples and all. That. Yeah, and but for us, why why would we, if if we're only trying to chase a transaction, mm. we're missing the mark mm. on on so many different levels. Um, and so I I enjoy. You'll see if you go to either of our coffee shops, we have slow bar, what we call slow bar set up, where we do pour overs. Mm-hmm. Um, great things take time to, mm-hmm. and there's the craft in that 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 you can't replicate with, a, with machine. a machine. Yeah. Is he speaking your language mm-hmm. over there? <laughs> yeah, do you have any right questions on. over there, Daniel? For those who are listening to the podcast today, by the way, we've got a new producer because Chris is on. Uh, he's out of town. And so Daniel, who uh, works with us on staff, is a huge coffee connoisseur. I don't want to put you on the spot, but anytime you want to jump in, Daniel, mm-hmm. you jump in and you, you know, you're not going to be interrupting. So uh, I resonate with that because I make a coffee, I make a Chemex pour over every morning, and my mother in law is here right now because we just had a baby, and uh, she's like, 
you do this every morning. You take five minutes or six minutes to weigh the coffee and get the water to the temperature that needs to be. And you grind the beans. And I love that craft. Like the craft of it is so fun. So I resonate with that a lot. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, uh, that, I think that's what I enjoy the most. I enjoy the the variables that go into everything. And if you trace that journey of, of that coffee, the coffee bean from the farmer all the way into the, the cup that we ultimately serve, where you miss out on that... <clears throat> If you just go with commodity coffee and they they're just throwing bulks of, of mm-hmm. cups out there, like if you actually look into where that coffee is coming from, there's people on the other end of that. Mm. And for me, uh, leaning into that craft of that is almost kind of a um, uh, kind of a, a salute to them and the craft mm-hmm. that because. Nothing they're doing is automated. They're out there hand picking from the trees. They're the the processing. The, however, it's processed. They're they're not doing it the easy way. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of. Uh, well, you can appreciate things a whole lot more when you understand the work that goes into yeah, getting it. You know, I mean, my wife and I've talked about that. There was a I took a three month sabbatical. Um, Two thousand twenty one is when I did it, and so we did a market garden. We had a little thirty by hundred foot garden behind our house, and we did market gardening and sold in the farmers market. And we've talked to our kids a whole lot about that. Of like, you know, all of a sudden, they, they our kids didn't like vegetables until we it was ours, you mm. know. And it's because they helped with it. I mean, they were out there weeding and sowing and 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 harvesting, and it always tastes better. Whether it's a mental thing or not, it tastes better because, like, you know the work that went into it and you can appreciate it. I think there is something lost in the fact that, like, most people have no idea how the food got from the farm to the table. They have no idea. And we just take it for granted. There's, like, all of these variables that are completely outside of your control and you just bought whatever the cup of coffee was. And it's, like, it's just – it's. it's it's somewhat of a worshipful experience, I think, whenever you sit back and you look and you're like, this is – this is crazy. Like there's so much that had to happen completely outside of my control in order for me to just have this transaction, which you, when you appreciate all the detail behind it, it it does become more than a transaction. It's like, man, there's a lot to this that, that really matters. Yeah. And piggyback off on what you're saying too. We see that with our side on or my side on the baking part of it is because we have a lot of people that'll come in and, you know, our prices are not Walmart prices. They're not Harp's sure. prices. They're not Kroger prices. And it's getting them to understand that someone came in at 3 o'clock this morning mm-hmm. to start the process for that cinnamon roll to, to, to be where you can consume it. I mean, it, it takes three hours mm-hmm. for the cinnamon roll to even be ready to put in the oven. And every stage of that, someone's hands have had to prepare it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's trying to get people to understand that, no, you're not, you're not paying Walmart prices, but you're paying for a quality that you could never yeah. go to Walmart and get because yeah, that stuff's coming in frozen. So it, it is, it's, we are trying to get people to understand that, you know, when hands are involved, yeah. you are paying a little more, but the quality is always going to be better. hundred percent. Well, and the thing that you got to, people have to realize is like, there's always going to be that person that's going to view food just as fuel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then that's not going to be your audience. No. You know, they're not going to ever be able to appreciate that. I mean, it's the same, you know, I mean, it's like, it's this way in our culture with anything with, I mean, with food, with sex, with, with art. It's like, there's always gonna be the person who's like, I want instant gratification. Yeah. I want it quick. I want it easy. I don't want a commitment. I don't want to. And that's just <clears throat> what you said. Well, I go, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but like good things take time yeah. or something yeah. like that. And sure. I think like, it's really beautiful uh, what you guys are doing. Like I'm, I didn't know all of that story mm-hmm. behind it, and so I know that y'all have done really well. I'm curious on, is it Onyx Coffee Beans? That's what you're mm-hmm. Onyx. Yeah. Onyx. He was telling me Daniel was telling me about Onyx earlier, and how he was like, it's some of the best coffee in the country. What you're yeah. saying, right? Yep. I'm just curious because I'm so ignorant on all this stuff. Like, what makes their coffee? being so good is it like where it comes from do you even even know the answer in this thing it's like how it's roasted is it all what is it yeah so it it's a compilation of of several uh things um for for us the reason that we that we ended up going with onyx as our uh, as our roaster um they so one of the great things about onyx is they source from 
I don't remember exactly how many countries, but they have they have relationships with these farmers. So they they will uh, they'll go to the farm. Uh, they'll uh, meet, you know, work with the farmer on mm. on how you know how do we improve the efficiency of what they're doing. Um, and this is all transparent on like through their website, so you can see exactly how uh, what they paid for the coffee, how. Um, the whole like process of from the farm to how they got it to mm. their roastery, uh, what was paid and how, uh, how it got there. Um, so I love the transparency in that. And they're always paying over and above the, the green cost on the coffee. And, and it only makes sense. If you're, if you are wanting a, the best product you can possibly get, then you need to invest at the root of where your product's coming from. Mm. And so, um, you know they're investing in all these uh, these different farms to improve their product ultimately. But then with uh, with Onyx for you know for us, if you're like Daniel, if you're in the co- in the specialty coffee world, then you know who Onyx is. Mm-hmm. And coming into it brand new, never really served any coffee at all. It it allowed us to have a a base for. Great coffee, um, but it also gave us a name brand um, that we could kind of stand on to signify, hey, this is what we are about. This is what we're trying to do. And um, and just from, you know, like you were asking, what makes their coffee so good? It's not, they're not just roasting coffee for the sake of roasting coffee. They're taking the the Q graders that we were talking about earlier, the people cupping, mm-hmm. they are uh, with every batch that they roast, they're cupping to make sure that 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 coffee fits within the profile of what they're sending out. And so there's so many uh, quality control things that they that they take care of. When we get coffee in, we know that it's going to be right where it needs to be. Did you know all that, Daniel? I didn't know all that. That was. It was good. <laughs> I figured you were loving it over there, hearing all this, geeking out on this <laughs> yeah, the coffee. coffee talk. Um, yeah, I'm curious. You don't have to answer me if you don't want to. Is uh, is there ever a potential? Well, let me ask you this first. And this is maybe more for you, Audrey, but I guess for you as well, Brandon. You're from this area. You know, when we were going to school here, a coffee shop couldn't survive if it wanted to in Paragold. Truth. Uh, and several tried. And I think they kind of lost their identity along the way because they were like, we're coffee and spaghetti or whatever. You know? <laughs> it's like, whatever works is what we are. You know, and it was the push button, not doing all that. And now it's like, I just heard, so like, what do we got? Two Shadrack locations. We've got a Starbucks. Uh, we've got a Scooter. Someone said that Scooter's about to open a second location here. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, guy that, I was Josh Agee, is, uh, <clears throat> we were with him, mayor here in town, and he was telling me that the guy who runs the Scooters here says it's one of his best locations he has. Wow. Uh, as far as business goes. Uh, my first question is, why do you think that's changed as mm. people who are from here, and especially you from Paragould? And secondly, is there a possibility that four kings could ever be in Paragold? So, so first one, yeah. Why do you what do you think is the difference? So the difference, um, I st- still with what the coffee that is being served here is still not a traditional sit down like coffee it's shop. Not, yeah. So, um, would a actual sit down coffee shop make it here? Possibly. The thing that Paragold has that's different for the way I feel about Jonesboro. Paragold is a very much drive-through driven town mm-hmm. with everything from their restaurants to, you know, their coffee shops. Yep. Everything is very drive-through driven. Jonesboro flips that a little bit. My mom and them get a little aggravated even with Jonesboro because um, they're so used to being able to go through a drive-through here. But in Jonesboro, like if I'm wanting to take them somewhere, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's usually not a very quick fix. You know, we're, we're going in there to sit down and have an experience. So um, to answer your question, why is it? I don't I don't know why it's got so many coffee shops here now, but they're still very much the way the town drives. Do you think these just work with, because there's other coffee shops that didn't make it were not drive-through. Yeah. I mean, coffee shops, they were, you had yeah, to go you're, in. Yeah, you're going to so have to go sit and sit down. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, even Batten's here has the, the drive-through option, yeah, you know. Yeah, true. So, um, 
and and Batons has huge success, um, but they've also been established for you know, decades now too. So, um, I don't remember if their original location even had a drive there. I'm trying to think the uh, one that was, no, well, yeah, it did. Yeah, did yeah, it, yeah, did yeah, it have one? Yeah. I can't remember. We always went in, so I can't yeah. remember if it had an original. I'm pretty sure. Did I it? could be wrong on that. But someone can fact check me on that. Now for us, you know, we've, we've been presented m- multiple opportunities to come to Paragold. Um, it is definitely something we both want to do. I mean, this is where we started for Southern and we have a following here. We have mm-hmm. multiple people that from Paragold drive on mm-hmm. Saturday mornings to bring their families in to eat. Um, and so Daniel I, would be working there every morning. Yeah. We'd never be able to get him to come in the mm-hmm. office here. Hey, you can work from there. We have lots of people that do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. We have lots of people who do come into the King side from Paragold who have their business meetings and things there. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like. Yes. Will we have a drive through? <laughs> I can't make any promises with that. Mm-hmm. That's not, that isn't what we've built, mm-hmm. you know, and we've even been asked in John's world, you know, if you only had a drive through, well, I'm so sorry, but even at that, your pour over couldn't be ordered through the drive through, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to come mm-hmm. in for those kind of things We're you know, we're a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Our, our, yeah. our, <laughs> our slogan is slow the hurry, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, you know, I don't know, but I do think that eventually. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd love to have you all here. Yeah. Yeah. The the drive through thing, though, I I don't know. I I say this, and you know, here next year we'll probably we may have. A drive-thru, you know, but <laughs> and I'll reach out to you. You right, told yeah. me, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a sellout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, but you know. F- when we were going into the coffee, uh, the, the the kind of as we cast that vision, the 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 question was always, well, how how do we appeal to the coffee drinker? Um, if we go in, we try to do what the drive-through coffee shops are doing. We're we're never going to survive if we're if we're just you know if if. If you guys wanted to go open up a coffee shop tomorrow, you could. You could go purchase the the equipment. You could go, uh, you know, if you wanted to do the the syrups and all that, you could go purchase all the syrups that you wanted, mm-hmm. right? And so as we, even going back as we kind of flesh this out, we always talked about, like, what do we want this to be? We want it to be experience-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what is that experience? What What are the experiences for us? What do we enjoy on that or from, you know, from that aspect. And as we kind of looked at some, you know, some different coffee shops that we really enjoy, what are the common denominators of those coffee shops? And what we began to find, we're not drive through people. When family or friends come to town, we're not taking you through a, a, a chain drive through restaurant or even a chain for that mm-hmm. matter. We, we're going to take you to some of our favorite places mm-hmm. and they do not have drive throughs and so as we as we began to narrow down what well, you know like with with some of our favorite shops a lot of them roast their own beans like mm-hmm. that's and hopefully that's in the progression of all this i hope that we're able to get mm-hmm. to that point where we're able to do that um you know a lot of places would <clears throat> make their own syrups in house which we which we do mm-hmm. and and you start adding up all these things what we enjoy is that, or what we, I guess I should say, we try to do, we we try to make it to where the experience that you have at our at our spot, you can't go anywhere else and have that same experience. Mm-hmm. And with the with with the drive through experience, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's replicable. Yeah. I would say, and so, you know, and not not that. Does it make a, it wrong? Yeah. Sure. It's, it's, it's just, just different. There's it different. always a, there's, it's just different. There's a place and time yeah. for that. But well, for what we're yeah. trying to do and uh, you know, it's just not Man, I can totally appreciate that. I mean it's you know, that's really the culture of our church. You know, and we've talked about that and some people know that I'm a pastor on the you know, that's my day job more than the podcast. And we've talked about that before of just even kind of like, you know, a saying that we've used a lot is slow as the new fast, you know, and um, we want to go deep, not wide, you know, we wanna we want it to be about, you know, there's there's just, you can't have both, 
you can't do what you are doing. I'm just saying in the, in the drive-through thing as well. And I love how you're not trying. Like you're just like, this is who we are. We're about the experience. We're going to be about the story. We're going to be about quality, mm-hmm. these sort of things. And even if that's not as scalable, you know, the way we're like, we're going to have 10 locations and make all this money. It's like, I just think it's really meaningful and I love that. Um, and I would encourage you and stay true to that because I think that's actually, no, it's way harder to actually do uh, than just to say like, cause I think the allure to just make money, yeah, you know, is there for everybody and y'all got to be able to pay the bills and all right. those kind of things. And uh, so, man, I just hats off to you guys and I love that. And I would encourage you to, to stay the course. I think that, you guys are a fantastic uh, team. You seem like it. I'd love for them to take the culture index. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just awesome. really curious now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you seem, I don't know, y'all just both seem we to complement each other very, very well. Yeah. Same, we are. 17 years into it. And we're, yeah. <laughs> you better be complimenting each other, yeah, right? So. <laughs> we are. It, I mean, it definitely, it's a team effort. I mean, where my strengths are some of his weaker points his strengths are definitely some of my weaker points. So we're and we are able to identify that with I mean, as a married couple, we obviously know that going into it with each other. But I can appreciate things that he looks at within the business that I'm never going to look at For sure. if that way. And I feel like he does the same in, in the manner that I what I bring to the table. He also understands that's not his wheelhouse. Yep. It's not the things that he is gonna be able to do and if he is going to do it it may not be the things that he enjoys doing so um we are when we work together and and we try to demonstrate especially to our staff you know a lot of i mean a lot of our staff is where it's kind of like where our ministry is Mm -hmm. so you know we have about 26 employees now it's crazy which is insane it's to wild. think about you have uh, a church <laughs> we, like we do 26 members we, we, yeah. have, a, we have a band as that's well. what we tell everybody like the funny thing is we we like have a band within our church because we've hired so many people that are so talented outside of what they do for us and they a lot of them are very musically inclined so but they get to see I mean, it's not always rainbows and butterflies for, for me and Brandon, and they kind of get to see yeah, us good. have our our yeah. times where we're a little bit more intense, but also see the resolution That's that awesome. comes about it, you know? And I, I, I mean, I just, I hope that in the end they've learned something with the time that they've had from us um, that is allowing them to go forth and, and do better too one day, so... Well, I'm sure they've learned a lot, you know. I mean, I've learned from y'all just being with you in the short time, and I haven't had a chance to work with you. And I know there's so many more layers to all of this and things that I could pull from you. We'll have to have y'all back on and don't get any ideas. Daniel's a, a musician. He's a really good drummer. Ooh. His band is on uh, X Bands on K Love now. They are. So, yeah. So, what's your X Band? Uh, Finding Favor is their name. Yeah, I know yep. they are. So, yeah. So Daniel's over there. He loves coffee. He's like band members. Like this might be. My <laughs> hey, we had we had um, King, King of Country. For yeah, King for King of Country. Country came in. No way. Yeah. So cool. uh, funny thing is, they their drummer came into the coffee shop first. He's from Jonesboro. He's from Jonesboro, and uh, he was just filling out kind of like if it'd be a place that the band would want to come. And so he loved the coffee. He actually came up to our barista that was working that day, and she, he said to her this is possibly the best cortada I've ever had. <laughs> wow. And he's like, and I've had cortadas all over, all the world. over the world. And so she didn't That's know who incredible. he was at this point. <laughs> and um, he was like, you know, our band's playing here, you know, in a couple of nights. I think I'll just bring the whole band in. Well, she's starting to figure out who he is. And so the she, next. Well, first she asked if he's playing at Cregan's. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Awesome. She's like, actually, no, we're playing. Yeah. And so, but uh, the next day, like they're, the, these three vans pull up and all of for King of Country comes out and they literally hang out there for, I mean, four to five hours. Some That's of them did. Cool. But were you like trying to just play it cool? Yeah, like, we just act like we didn't know who they customer. were yeah. until awesome. they got ready to leave. And it was like, hey, by the way, we've got like six girls over here that really need a picture with you really quick. Yeah. But they were super Including nice. the girls like, oh, you're a cute little Cregan's band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was really neat. Tell yeah. them what your <laughs> wife said about the uh, latte. Yeah. You about the cortada. Yeah, we... You know, my wife's had some good lattes. We lived in Mexico, had some really good lattes. She said the latte that she had, and I was trying to find out what it was, but she said it was the best latte she's ever had. Wow. And so well, that's awesome. testament to what you yeah. guys are doing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's but, great. Yeah. Is a cortada, is that like, um, somebody once told me, and I might get this wrong, 
Is that like an afternoon coffee drink? Is there like someone that said something like cappuccino in the morning, cortado in the afternoon? Have you ever heard that before in the afternoons? Or is yeah. that, is well, that- a cortado is just a, um, it's a shorter milk uh, milk and espresso drink. So where like you're in, and one thing that we try to do on our, like on our traditional drinks. So your lattes, your cappuccinos, the uh, cortados, um, we really try to stay within the, the traditional ratios of, of what mm-hmm. your espresso to, to steam milk to foam is going to be. Uh, cortados literally like it's about one part espresso to one part steam milk and a lot microphone on top. So it's, it, it's akin to I'm a, so glad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that it wouldn't have that, Just, that ratio. You know, uh, uh, the, uh, but we, I can drink it morning, noon, or not. It's, okay. it's just a shorter, uh, you know, a little less espresso because – uh, you're just doing. You know. I was just curious because I had a friend in from Austin, Texas, once, and we grabbed coffee in in uh, in Memphis, and it was in the afternoon. He said Cortado's in the afternoon, man, and I was like, yeah, yeah, for force. <laughs> and I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't have the 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 emotional relational maturity to be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was just like trying to play it cool, and so I was like, I thought now would be the time to ask yeah. you if there's a reason well, for did that. Did you have a Cortado? I did have there one. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's good. good. Best one I ever had. Yeah, I'll have to get one from you guys. So, yeah, for sure. um, well, I'd love to move into some rapid fire questions. Yeah. Um, we can start whoever wants. We'll, we'll start with you. Okay. Andrew. So what is the last either show or movie you watched or book you read? Last book I read, um, They Can't Hurt Me by oh, yeah. David Goggins. Mm-hmm. I literally just finished it. Did you like it? I did like it. That was you seem like the kind of person that, like, I was just thinking, like, whenever the person, whoever it was, it was, like, trying to shoot y'all down for your cheesecake thing, mm-hmm. and you're like, we'll see yeah. about that. Like, I'm just going to take I'm it. I'm very stubborn. That's, like, oh, very yeah. Dave, yeah. It's, it, it's ingrained in her. It's the, uh, I, I call her Winoma Jr. Her, her <laughs> grandmother, uh, she is strong-willed. That's awesome. Strong-willed. Her, her, I would say her, her mother is the same way. Love and it. it's, you know. It's, it's just in my genes. Yeah. That's Can't good. That. Why you are where you are. And, That's exactly and right. Now we have two daughters who are incredible. Are they, are they just like you? How old are your One girls? of them is especially. 12 and 9. Okay. Yes. 12 year old is a lot like me. That's yeah. awesome. Same, we're kind of the same ages <laughs> right now. Uh, last show review you watched or book you read? Uh, we watched Rocky last night. Which one? God, the, speaking the of grit. One, huh? yeah. The original. The we watched original. The original. She, uh, we watched the first Creed a couple nights yeah, ago. Yeah, two nights ago. Yeah. And, What's your uh, favorite Rocky? Oh, um, probably three or four. Uh, four, man, yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I will say, I admit, though, it's it's been quite a while since I've got to watch them. Um, and going back, I was telling her, like, watching the, the original last night, I'm like, some of it's it's tough to watch. It I, is, I man. Like, oh. It is. Yeah. <laughs> good. There's a good message behind it, though. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll start with you this time, Brandon. Favorite band? Uh, Jason Isbell and 400 Unit. Very good. Um, I would, I'd second that. But I'd say probably mine would be the Avett Brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are we both love of good them. Good coffee shop. Yeah. Fans. Oh yeah. But he's gonna throw in my Taylor Swift love. I was about to. You, uh, st- you like Taylor Swift? Strong. She's Swift. Strong Swift. Is her new stuff good? It is so good. I'd say better than any of her old stuff. Seriously? Yeah. Somebody, uh, my wife and I were looking at a picture. <laughs> someone posted on Facebook. I don't know who somewhere, and it was like I just ran into Taylor Swift at the grocery store. Oh. And I asked Megan. I was like, "Is this true?" Like, and she's like, "Everything I know about Taylor Swift, and she seems like the kind of person who'd be like, I'm going to the grocery store." Yeah. I would say I was, so. So. She probably has somebody that's watching, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Megan, my wife went and saw her in New Orleans, and so it was a. I seen her in Nashville. Really? It was amazing. Very best talented. show. Very best talented. Show. Um, what is start with you, Audrey? What's your favorite meal? Oh, breakfast. Like eggs, bacon. Yeah, anything breakfasty. I love breakfast. French toast. Breakfast for dinner. Uh, yes, definitely. We do that a lot, at least yeah. once a week. So yeah. Yep. Breakfast. Same here. We love breakfast for dinner. What about you? Uh, man, I, I'd probably, I'd probably go with like, I love Thai. Mm-hmm. I, I love Thai and I can eat it anytime. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If I'm going to go get some Thai food, what do you recommend? Uh, my pie. Yeah. In Jonesboro. Okay. Yeah, it's. I've had some my pie before. It's good. It's, it's a long time. Yeah. It's top notch. We love it. Drunken noodle, uh, Patsy U. Really Orange chicken. Of, all, yeah. That's where it's so at. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Man. 
You had any? You had it? Oh, yeah. It's so good. My wife's gluten-free, and they have a lot of gluten-free yeah, options there. Yeah. 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 We love the family, too. So. Yeah. Can you figure out how to make a really good gluten-free pizza for me and his wife? <laughs> mm. I mean, that's baking. Yeah. It is. Have it you is ever tried a, that? No. Do you guys just no. do sweet like sweets, or do you do other... So we do um, savory also. Um, we, we've started kind of growing on our breakfast menu, but um, within the next, I'd say, four months or so, we'll actually have a breakfast menu and a lunch menu. So that's awesome. where we're in the midst of fixing to launch those two things. Excellent. That's great. Uh, Brandon, what's on your nightstand right now? <laughs> uh, Cook Zero, probably. I threw it away, so now I'm not that anymore. Nope. It's now I'm completely empty. <laughs> That's it. Coke's that Coke Zero. What did you say, Audrey? What's on your nightstand? Oh, geez. Um, about What's not on her nightstand? That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Um, the differences my, my noise machine is on my nightstand. Um, I have about eight books on my uh. nightstand that at any given time I'm playing in one of them. Um, chapstick and earplugs. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Go. That's good. <laughs> um, I don't even need a nightstand. You gotta have a lamp or something, man. Like phone they're, charger. They're in the wall. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then you don't need one. No. Um, Audrey, what is? A, let's do this one. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Ooh, ordinary moment that brings me great joy. I'd have to say probably just being at home with all three of them there at the same time. So Collins, Charlie, and Brandon. And really us doing nothing other than just mm-hmm. being. Because we don't get a lot of moments of, I mean, even though our hashtag is slow the hurry, we are far from it. Um, mm-hmm. We are very busy. Uh, being business owners is super, super saturating in everything that we do. It's, it doesn't matter if it's a break moment or not. We usually are still tied to work somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times, Sunday is probably our most intentional day, mm-hmm. um, where we try to be as absent from work as we can be. Sure. So in those moments where, you know, the girls may not be doing anything other than just playing on their iPad or watching television with us, but those moments are probably the most cool. joyful. That's great. What would you say, Brandon? Yeah, so for sure I, I would kind of second that, but if I uh, – not to copy or if I'm not copying her answer, I love, I love moments where <clears> – <throat> I'm able to, uh, you know, because we put in so much hard work on on this bakery and, mm-hmm. and the coffee shop. There, Saturday mornings, oh, to look out across our, our lobby and see mm. we we have families that are just there doing life. Mm. And so the idea that they went to bed the night before, and they're say, they're excited to go to you know to go to bed because we're getting up in the morning and going to Southern Infections or Four Kings like that. To to go from a Facebook post to stuff that people are looking forward to to sharing with their family is mm. it, it's really cool. Yeah, and we have we have I mean we literally have the best customers. I mean our customers are amazing. They're so loyal, and we have so many that I mean when they have family that come into town, like they'll call ahead to make sure that we're not going to be closed for something random, <laughs> so that they like schedule them around the time that we are for sure going to be open, really because cool. they want to make sure that they share that with their families. Like that, it literally blows my mind that people do it's that. Got to make you feel yeah. good. It makes us feel great. Yeah. It's just yeah. mind blowing that something that started off on a sheet of paper on a couch turned into that. Yeah, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. Last uh, question. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? You go first. <laughs> deeply grateful for. Uh, and I don't know. It's where, hard whenever it's it, like, it, what's it, one thing? Instead of just being like, yeah. hey, what's that you're thankful for? Yeah. Just give me a list. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I, I could do like my daughter does. And when she prays at the table, <laughs> you know, I, I could just go. Just start rattling it off. That's beautiful going. though, isn't it? It, it, it is. It is. Yeah. It's incredible. And I always tell people like, if you want, if you want Jesus to hear it, your prayer request, tell Charlie because it's our youngest. Like she's gonna, she's like, legit getting I, through. I, well, can I give y'all some prayer requests yeah. to pass on to Charlie? <laughs> she's she's <laughs> getting through every time. She is. Um, what I'm most grateful for right now, I, man, um, I don't know. I well, bless it. I know. 
I'll go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say I'm most grateful for our employees, truly. Like, we could not do what we do without them. Like, I tell them all the time, we're, we are only as good as you guys are. Mm. Because, I mean, yes, me and Brandon are super involved. We're there. I mean, I open every single morning. Brandon is there in some fashion working every single day on his side. But if it wasn't for them buying into what we're doing, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, some of them own it like it's their name on the door. And that comes through. Like, we have so many customers who send us, you know, personal PMs and just say, hey, I just want you to know, like, blah, 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 did so awesome on my order today. But they, they literally show up and do what they're supposed to do. And because of that, not only can we have the business that we have, but we get personal lives, although that's not much. We do get some personal life that we're able to do with our kids mm. and literally couldn't do it without them. Mm. Excellent. Anything you thought of, Brandon, you'd add to that? That's, uh, that's so the perfect that, answer. Yeah, for sure. But um, to, to double on the, the cheesy grateful for audra like the the amount of work like we have so many people come in um you see bakery and you think hey like that'd be fun to bake i I would Mm -hmm. like to but the the everything that goes into what it takes to to make it all run and the the amount of work that it goes on behind the scenes that nobody ever sees Mm -hmm. it it like the steadfastness that it takes to to keep all of that going this lady like she she is the yeah. the driving force if there's something that's usually working really really well like on the from the outside looking in it looks like everything's kind of smooth and yeah. tranquil and it's all it's like there's probably a lot of work behind the scenes yeah. like kind of like i was talking to someone with this iphone in the day it's like you look at it, it looks pretty simple but yeah think about the complexity yeah, to make, make it, it simple yeah, and yeah. to make it yeah. to where it's user friendly, you know. And yeah, so, it's so true. It's oh. the, the duck, right? So the true. calm on top of the water and the, the <laughs> that's it. Feet are just going. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm super thankful for you guys. It's been good to be able to hang out with y'all to be able to meet you and be able to for the first time Absolutely. be able to talk Brandon. So uh, love y'all's story. We'd love to hopefully have y'all on again. Certainly yeah. rooting for y'all, and we'll Thanks. be we'll be. Uh, holding out for the day that you guys open up here in Paragold. But <laughs> until then, proud of you guys. Thank, Thank you. All for Appreciate it. you having yeah. us. All right. And Brandon and Audra King have left the building. Daniel, great having you here. What a, uh, what a group of people for you to be able to sit in on for your very first podcast, man. I know. I love the coffee stuff. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, it's just like Providence, you know? <laughs> Perfect. God's favor in your life. That's that you right. get to, if you're going to have to sit here with me and produce, it might as well be when we're talking about coffee. That's exactly right. Uh, hey, if you're still listening, thanks so much for tuning in. If you've not done so, please check us out on different social media platforms. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. If you've not done this, uh, please also go to either Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening. Give us a five-star rating. That helps people to uh, find us more quickly. And uh, be on the lookout for this. In July, uh, every single day, we're going to be visiting a different uh, restaurant here in our community, a local restaurant and uh, trying some of their food, meeting the owners and the managers, uh, just a way for us to promote their businesses and, and help you learn about, uh, yeah, just some of the amazing food and people uh, that's right here, <clears throat> excuse me, in our community. And so, uh, hey, as always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs>